0: You are listening to the Build a Brain podcast with Dr. Jeannie Zaire. Join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine. You are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder. Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started.
1: Welcome friends to episode number four of Build a Brain podcast. So how's your brain today? How's it doing? Well, today's block is labeling. We're going to build your brain up by understanding 28 cognitive functions that were identified by Reuven Feuerstein. A little background on Feuerstein. He was a student of Jean Piaget. Any of you that have taken any child psychology know that name. Those of you that don't, it's okay. He was a pretty cool guy that Reuven studied under and started thinking about how children develop their intellect. believe it or not no one else had bothered to look into that before Piaget Reuven came along and took Piaget's work and I like to say exploded it into an incredible program called the Feuerstein program so these cognitive functions that we're working our way through on this podcast are powerful little thinking skills so the building block of labeling is about having a word for something it's about vocabulary development so think about it without a name for something you can't think about it. There was another guy named Vygotsky. Some of you in education might recognize his name. So he knew that thought and language go together, we think with words. Now, sometimes you have pictures that go along with that. That's wonderful visualization that also happens in our brain. But vocabulary and words are incredibly important to our thinking. Remember, without a name for something, we can't really think about it. So if you had never seen a hippopotamus, either at a zoo or in a picture book, the word hippopotamus wouldn't mean anything to you. Or if you saw a hippopotamus for the first time, but you didn't have a name for it, you might carry a blurred image with you from the zoo. But if no one told you what it was called, you would struggle with the rest of your life knowing, well, that big thing I saw at the zoo. No, you need the word hippopotamus and a picture to go with it. So, this language development piece is probably one of the most critical pieces that we have for those building blocks in our brain. I want to share that there's a special place in your brain that language is developed. It's in your left temporal lobe. So, if you want to put your hand over your left ear and go right up above your ear, right up in there, there's a place called the temporal lobe or the left temporal lobe, and there's two very special places, the Brokaw's area and the Wernicke's area. One of those receives language and comprehends, what are those words you're saying, Jeannie? And the other one decides what words we're going to speak. So these are very important places in the brain that were identified many, many years ago. So think about it. This is so important that the brain has a very special place dedicated to comprehending words and speaking words. So now, no matter what age you are, you can keep growing your vocabulary. Try to learn two or three new words every day. So that means we need to read a lot and talk a lot. (laughs) By the time children enter first grade, they should probably have a vocabulary of, get this, Ten to 20,000 words. Hmm. So to develop this extensive language bank requires that they hear a lot of words at home or with grandma and grandpa or at school. And so it's important for parents to actually talk a lot about lots of topics. And what they've discovered is TV does not build that vocabulary. It's in that back and forth conversation with other people or being read to. Many, many different kinds of books. Maybe listening to podcasts, and there's wonderful children's podcasts out there, so building that auditory listening um, is just really cool. I know, here's uh, something, I'm gonna get on my soapbox, so uh, deal with me if you're a parent, okay? Just bear with me for a few minutes. We hear our kids start learning how to read when they're first grade, second grade, and we go, oh, she needs to practice reading now, and we stop reading to them at night. No, 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 no. Parents, keep reading to your children. Let's say you've got a third grader and a fourth grader. Then you need to be choosing fifth or sixth grade level books Fiction, narrative, nonfiction, doesn't matter. And they need to not be picture books, okay? So they're just narrative. And you're reading to them from these, what we call chapter books. And your kids are listening to you read words that I guarantee you're not going to use over the supper table because we tend to just kind of be stuck in, you know, low level vocabulary words when we're chatting. But when we read fiction, we're probably going to be introducing our kids. And if you run into a big word, um, let's say it's the word anticipate. And you read that word in a story, you can stop and go, huh, you ever heard that word before? So you can stop once in a while and talk about big words and what they mean, or just keep reading and your, your kids will get to pick those words up as you read them. The other beautiful thing that happens when you're reading narrative uh, chapter books to your kiddos is you're helping them learn how to visualize in their brain and run a, their own little movie in their head. Those little movies are important for reading comprehension. And we do have an issue with that in education these days. We got a lot of kids can sight word, they word call. They know their sight words and they can sound out words. They picked up phonics, okay. They're not seeing anything in their head while they read. Yay, yay, yay. That's not good. Because when I read a book that I really get into it, man, I can... I can get lost in that book and I can cry because the plot gets me so pulled into it. That's because I'm visualizing what I'm reading. Well, you want your kiddos to visualize while they're reading. It's going to help them when they hit those really tough subjects in high school and college that they need to see pictures in their head. So you start at a young age by reading chapter books and don't stop. They can still be in fifth and sixth grade and as a family you could still be providing that kind of vocabulary reading. Another activity I call five a day. Not only should we eat five servings of vegetables each day, but children between the ages particularly of two to six should learn five new words a day. Just keep this going throughout the elementary years and ask your third grader, for instance, hey, what new words did you learn at school today? If they get used to you asking that question, they may then take an interest in bringing some words home from their textbook and wanting to tell you about their new words that they learned keep track of them at home I want to tell you a story I met a a mom and a dad that had a little boy and they told me he was four years old and he was in a wagon and he was a quiet little kid he'd pull a blanket over his head and and it was a sensory fair that MindCap had a, a table at and they told me he was autistic and I said oh is is he talking no he doesn't talk And I I looked right at the mom and I said, not yet. And know that now in the world of language that we're starting to talk about, this is a child who is non-speaking. The word verbal just means understanding words. So I asked them, does he understand when you talk to him? Yeah, he does. I said, well, then he is verbal, but he's not speaking yet. There's a difference. Remember the Brokaw's area and the Wernicke's area. A one-year-old baby can understand 50 words, but usually only speaks two. And we're like that the rest of our life. We understand far more words than we speak. Because you'll read something and you'll go, well, I kind of know what that means. But if somebody asks you to give a dictionary definition, eh, you probably couldn't. But yet you have an idea what it means. So our children are like that too. So let's maybe talk about children being non-speaking, not necessarily being non-verbal. Because they may actually understand a lot. All right, let's talk about older kids that are, we're work, wondering about, are our kids ready for college, all right? So if you've got a kiddo who is getting ready for college, uh, there are some great apps for your phone for um, SAT vocabulary. Now, some colleges are dropping the SAT assessment, so this may become a thing of the past, but whether they're taking SAT or ACT, or they're not taking any tests, they still need to grow their vocabulary. And what we have noticed is there's a big jump from high school textbooks to university textbooks. So you wanna keep your high school kid building their vocabulary to get ready for college. Do you remember there was something called a dictionary when we were kids? It was that book real thick and you'd look up words, all right. So I highly recommend that families keep dictionaries at home. I know you might have to really scramble to find one. Maybe Goodwill has them, I don't know. Um, I think you can still buy them at Amazon. But for younger kiddos or kids that um, are learning English as a second language or those non-speaking children, Have good picture dictionaries in the home. A picture dictionary is a fabulous resource for children that need to develop language. So highly recommend that you have that. All right, you know, we finish up with questions. Questions for mediating this block called labels. Okay? So what's the best name for that? That's a question we love to use with really young children. Is it a cup? Is it a glass? Or is it a mug? So what is the best name? So use that question. Or what is another name for that thing? What is another name for that thing? Or you can ask the question, what else do you see? If you're looking at a book with a child, what else do you see? Just to get them to see how many labels can they pull up. All right. Well, I hope your brain feels a little bit better after learning about labels. And remember, we can build our brain dendrite by dendrite, block by block, thought by thought. We'll see you again on another episode of Build a Brain.
0: Thanks for listening to the Build a Brain podcast. If you're wanting more information on how to build a brain, please visit the website for the MindCap Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana at www.mindcap.org. That's www.mindcap.org. Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. Their specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build
1: a new brain. We'll see you next time.